This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 484, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. I sit alone in my four-cornered room staring at candles. When that shit is on, let me drop some shit like this here. At night I can't sleep, I toss and turn, candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Four walls just staring at a nigga, I'm paranoid sleeping with my finger on the trigger. My mother's always dressing, I ain't living right, but I ain't going out without a fight. 
Hello, welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast. This is episode 484. I am Josh Flanagan with Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. We co-host. We're partners. in every- Everyone's equal. Everyone is equal. It's a communist, com- it's a commune here. Actually, that's actually true. We are super equal, and as there's two of us, there are sometimes impasses. We are iFanboy. We missed that third impasse. vote. Yeah. <laughs> those, those are good times. Just constant, uh, constant impasses. I abstain. I don't care. That was usually my whatever you guys want to do. Whatever you two come up with. Uh, we like comics. Every week we read our stack of comics. I was thinking about this the other day. I'm going to just divert for a second. Uh, okay. And I know that some people don't remember Ron as well, but he was on the show last week, and he was on the show for a really long time. And I was thinking about the fact that I think one of our secrets is that if you were to ask any of us who they thought the smartest person of the three of us was, we would each say ourselves. But we could each make an argument for the other two people, and I think that's yeah. why it works. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, there's just a simmering resentment on the on the underneath. Oh under sure, <laughs> but that's I mean that's everything. Anyway, we read our stack of books. One of us picks the favorite book. Some weeks we think we have the pick until your until your partner writes that he did on the internet, and I go, oh, I might read all these books for. <laughs> all right, I did it last week, and they call that the pick of the week, and we talk about that book and other books, and I'll do it next week. Is apparently the math that I'm doing here, uh, and talk about some other stuff. We're gonna read some listener mail. We'll do what we do. It should be fun. I'm going to put this ratchet down that's in my hand. We were just talking about tools, and I realize it makes noise. You um, should just keep spinning it. That'll be fun for everyone. Yeah, sorry about that, everyone. Uh, it's not cookies. That's a, <laughs> that's a big callback to the early days. Uh, here's your spoiler warning. There are spoilers. It's a review show. It would be stupid if we couldn't talk about what happened, although we do that sometimes, and it is stupid. So you know. There we go. Connor, you're up. The pick of the week was Secret Wars number one of eight from Jonathan Hickman, Isad Ribic. I'm not even going to attempt to say the colorist's name. I apologize. Yve, I guess, I guess I'm attempting it. Yves Forcina and I think Chris Eliopoulos was the letter. Um, we talked a couple of weeks ago, Josh, about how I'm very optimistic mm-hmm. about the comics I read. I'm always looking, I'm always excited. I'm always hoping they'll be good. And so this sort of falls in that category. This is the first issue of the giant event that is. Uh, going to change the Marvel Universe forever. And uh, we have had many, despite our reputation as not liking events lately, we have had many uh, first issue event picks of the week. Well, the first issues usually aren't the problem. Right. So we always were really excited for the kickoff of the story, the big story. Because for me, personally, it doesn't get any better when, when reading these comics than a giant event that works. I love seeing all the characters together. I love a giant story with quote-unquote stakes. I love a giant story with quote-unquote consequences. I love a giant story where quote-unquote things happen. And uh, I love seeing all this stuff. And so I'm always hoping this is the next one that will actually be you know, good again. And Secret Wars number one was really good on his merits. Uh, I thought it was a really great – and I, we – let me back up and say we have not been reading the Jonathan Hickman Avengers books. Much to many people's chagrins and emails and – Facebook comments and Twitter comments. We we dropped off that fairly early. I think you were you were along for that ride too, right, Josh? The I very read, beginning. I read about half of the first issue. Of yeah, maybe a couple of I way back in the beginning. Couple. We read those Steve Epting ones. There was I, we I made didn't it. Read it long. I was I, no, none I of saw us, this wasn't my thing, and I, I none of us read it very long. But that that whole storyline apparently culminates in Secret Wars, which is uh, fine because there's enough knowledge from those early books to. Give some context. I, I, I recall that the multiverse was bleeding into itself, and there was different planets were 
in the same space and one of them had to die for the other to live. And I remember all that from the very beginning. And so that's really what's happening here. You don't really need to know much more beyond that. And I think what Hickman does here is do a fairly good job of, of making this accessible for new readers. Now, if I hadn't read those early issues, I may not have any clue what's going on. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm by experience, probably just going to disagree with you tacitly. <laughs> um, but this is a big story of basically the last two multiverse Earths, as far as I can tell. And I, could, again, could be wrong. That seems, Earth, right. that seems right. I can Earth 616, which is the Marvel Universe, and Earth 1610, which is the Ultimate Universe. And they are invading each other's space, and one has to live, so the other may, the other may die, so the other one may live. And so you've got all of these characters from both universes coming together, as well as uh, you know machinations in the background from with Doctor Doom and uh, and characters like that. And I don't fully understand everything that's happening here. I'll I'll be completely honest, but I really liked the the pace, the tone, the Isad Ribic art is wonderful. I had missed seeing him on Thor, and now he's back with this. And there's enough little great character moments here that kept me interested and entertained and it seems like the big summer blockbuster you want these events to be and hopefully it'll continue like this and not fall off the rails but i like grizzled bearded reed richards i like the you know ultimate spider-man making an appearance uh i just hope for the best with this one but i really did like it i assume you didn't like it i did i did not like it i came to a couple of i mean a i'm 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 not a jonathan hickman fan i want to be i i recognize 100 percent. i'm not saying he's not good he's really very very good but -hmm. for some reason whatever that flavor is it it just has not worked for me for quite a while here and there little bits but sort of over the long term i i there's a tone with it that i I just tend to lose the thread of Uh, looked really great obviously um i guess a couple of things that Started off, start off with this cast page, right? Mm-hmm. This thing, a lot of get, and thank God that was there, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but at the same time, I was looking over it, and I don't know who most of these characters are, or I. Don't oh, know. you know who most no, of them I, are. I know that. No, no, but but like, or like the version of the character that exists now. I just don't feel a ton of connection to it. All feels very unfamiliar to me in terms of like it's it's like reading a, an alternate universe book. That's what it feels like, where I'm kind of tenuously connected to who these characters are. They've all sort of changed a lot from the time that I did care about them a lot, is right. my point. Like, like they're all there, and they're fine, and, and Hickman has a sort of detachedness that he writes into them that I, I don't – doesn't work for me so well with them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as I'm looking through all, all these, they've, just, they've been through a lot. They're very different than the last time I came upon them. Like, I, I don't – which is which is which is fine. It doesn't necessarily have to be for me, but and then at the same time, the other thing that that really gets to me is I feel like if you're gonna end the ultimate universe, why not just end it? Like, don't make a big thing that goes into the other to explain why. This is like that Spider-Man story. It was like they had to do all the thing where they're explaining why Mary. And I just feel like why do we always have to go through these motions? Because the fans demand it. There's a bad reason to st- tell a story. I, I, well, uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately, to sell your books to your audience. No, I know. I mean, I, I get that, but like, just from a from a purely narrative standpoint, like, it just it doesn't excite me. And mm-hmm. I don't know that this was bad. It wasn't bad. I, there's no way I can say that. Um, I just, uh, I don't know. I feel like we're like we're doing this we're doing this dance again. And I think this is a thing that happens to to comic book readers. You know, at a certain point, some, not all. Um, I don't know, but when I read Marvel superheroes, like I want to be like, oh, it's these guys. I'm hanging out with these guys, and 
you know that they're that's not that. And then they're like one of the only ones who feels like that is 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 Miles Morales, and we're gonna change everything about him and move him somewhere else too. So at least he's still around. But you know, it's the same thing as we were talking about the Avengers. Like I don't love Sam as Captain America. I don't, you know, it's it's just it's not quite tickling that fancy, I suppose. And then uh, right. Cyclops looks stupid. I I can't get over it. He looks really stupid. And I don't like what they're doing with him. I don't like that he's the bad guy and like, well, with Scott, anything could be happening. Like, it's just they've taken things in a lot of directions that are not terribly interesting to me. It's it, – there's definitely a lot of – I mean, I don't know this version of the Hulk. Uh, I'm going to actually talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, I don't know who this I'm going to person then, is. I'm then going to contradict everything I just said. <laughs> Perfect. So, but the thing is, since it's all so foreign, uh, I'm okay with that because it's. I feel like I'm being dropped into this thing, and which is which is okay. But then you mix that with a with a you know with a writing style that doesn't necessarily click for me. Then I'm like, "Eh, yeah, no, I get that completely. Um, But I I I am looking forward to this now. I want to see what happens. I I mean, obviously, we know because you can't ever not know what's coming three months down the line. We know that. it's just going to end with some sort of mishmash world that's going to be created from both worlds, which you know is interesting. That's never really happened before. Uh, so what happened in Crisis? I thought that's what it was. Kind of not. I mean, you didn't really have characters just- from Earth Two that. Well, I, then again, I don't know how this is going to end up. You didn't really have characters from Earth Two that knew they were from Earth Two, really. Mm-hmm. Other than uh, I think Psycho Pirate knew knew about what like everyone sort of forgot. It was weird. You kind of yeah, everyone sort of took psychic. LSD and dropped, and then dropped out and came back, and we sort of forgot it all happened. But uh, I, I liked it. I liked the big stage. I like seeing all the characters like together. That. I liked when the X Men showed up. I like you know because you don't ever see them sort of in these events, at least uh, on equal footing as the Avengers. And we, we all know what's going on with the X Men, and they're going to go away uh, at least into their own pocket world. And so uh, it's it's going to be. I I hope hopefully it stays fun, and I hope. He said Rubik draws the whole thing because I just love the way it looked. He, uh, I can tell you one thing, like, like Hickman is really good at keeping the stakes, uh, right. Like he made this feel very urgent and very huge, which is, which is a good, which is a really good thing. It's fine. And, and, uh, he said Rubik draws a lot of shocked people with their mouths open. Right. It's, yes. It's, well. Every page is just, <gasps> <laughs> there's a lot of that. Um, you know, and there's, there's real drama, you know, that what, you know, Sue Storm getting sucked out into, yeah, that was God that knows was where. Good. Like that's that's a big deal, um, and I think I will actually. I think I'm going to read the next one. I, I want to know what happens. I kind of want to know what happens more than I want to read it. If that makes sense. Sure. But I will. Well, because it, it'll affect the books you're you're reading or sure. the characters you want to read. Sure. So I get that completely. Yeah. Um, and I'm not I'm not being like mealy mouthed and wishy washy and just denying saying it's bad. I don't think it's bad. Like, no, that's, that's I, I, don't, I don't think you're saying that at all. I know. I just I think sometimes people go, well, he's not really saying it. Like, like I, I'm in no position to be like, Jonathan Hickman's a hack. He's clearly really fucking good. Right. <laughs> this, I'm not saying that. Um, you know, because this is, this is a lot of juggling and a lot of interesting things. I like, I like when Colossus threw the Hulk. <laughs> just, just so what did you like this week, Josh? Uh, well, Minimum Wage, so many bad decisions. Part one came back. And it was comforting in that it was exactly what I remembered. We picked up exactly where we left off at the end of the last miniseries. There was some worry that we might not get there. Um, and, and we're back into the continuing adventures of, uh, of Rob, the divorced, depressed cartoonist uh, whose life never seems to give him a break. Um, 
and it was just it was just good to be back. It was uh, it's the same thing where we've got that nine early nineties mid nineties slice of life, all not really autobiographical, but pretty much uh, you know story of the cartoonist life and. I just can't, I can't get enough. Like it's it's flavored perfectly for for this kind of thing that I I miss so much uh, in my comics. Um, and there is actually drama to it. The uh, you know he's got a girlfriend, and uh, things don't go the way that you want them to. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, but it's totally like over the top. Like it's it really is almost like listening to. It's almost like like listening to Randall and and what's his name from Clerks. But in Dante. a way that yeah, Dante that doesn't that doesn't bother me for some reason because I'm mostly over that. But I don't know for whatever reason this the special flavor of this and I really like the cartooning and that might have mm-hmm. a lot to do with it. Um, lets it get away with a lot of things that I thought I was completely over. Um, but I was glad I'm glad to see it come back. We got another six issues. It just it has a, it has uh, I guess a, a sincerity and heart to it um, that I really am appreciating right now. That's good. It's a great John Paul Leon uh, 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 pinup in the back. Just, I'd like to see him draw the book. Yeah, yeah, that would be pretty sweet. Um, it's so sad though. Like it's the, the the letter page starts with. So I did this UK con- comedy contest in the last issue, and then I, a lot of people would write in and tell me what they saw. And he's like, and no one responded. I'm like, oh, you don't have to tell us that, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> tell us that. It's okay. And it was that he addressed he addressed his character exactly like Simon Pegg from Spaced. <laughs> Which which he said was uncharacteristic. That's pretty subtle. Like, it's pretty fucking subtle. Like this show that is fifteen years old. <laughs> I did, I was like, Ugh, that's like I loved that show, but I could not tell you what he was wearing. Was yeah, he wearing exactly. the same clothes in every episode? Well, he had a jacket for the first season that had no collar in the front that really bothered me. No zipper in the front of the collar. It was like a snowboard jacket. That's regard. That's you know. It's fine. Huh. Sorry. Well, hmm. All right. So that was the thing. But that book is back. I'm really glad about it. I I hope people who liked it keep buying it. Um, I'm, I'm not going to fool myself that everybody will want to, but if you did, uh, do not miss it. Keep, keep buying it, keep ordering it and keep it alive for me. It's not, it's not a Rucka Lazarus level threat. That's not what's happening here. No, you understand the reality of the situation. Yes, I just appreciate it. But seriously on Lazarus, <laughs> so, do not screw me over on this. So Afterlife for the Archie number eight came out this week and I was looking back and number one came out, I think two years ago. So wow. they're, they're on a. Not quite quarterly schedule with this book. Isn't that not is that is that seems that seems fair. Yeah, I don't mind. I mean they, they, they have other projects to do. But uh this book continues to really delve into how awful and fucked up everyone is in this in this world. And one of the interesting things that I, all right, so a couple of interesting things happened. If you recall from the last issue, Cheryl Blossom killed her Bro- twin brother after some heavily implied incestuous activities and uh, she didn't want to do it anymore and he did he wanted to continue so she killed him it's amazing that this isn't fanfic and so um the the, the fallout of that is, is that the, the group is not is really weary of having this girl in the in their midst who you know came out of the woods covered in blood and they're dead love leaving her dead brother behind and so they want to have a vote to decide whether or not she gets to stay or i guess Send her off to live in the woods by herself. Um, but then there's this other part of the story in which, uh, well, first of all, also we've introduced ghosts now into this. So Jughead shows up to to talk to Archie, and then all the ghosts show up to fuck with. Uh, was it Reggie? Somebody. All the all the dead people show up to screw with Reggie. Yeah, because he's an asshole. So um, 
but there's a there's a really sort of creepy story about how so there's a little bit of meta commentary going on where Archie is telling Betty about how he doesn't understand how this is happening because he always felt so safe in his Riverdale bubble where nothing bad ever happened. And so then they recount the story about how his mother or was it her mother? Uh, no, her mother. Oh, this is Cheryl Blossom. Cheryl Blossom says her mother told a story about her grandmother who made a deal with the witches to protect Riverdale and, and put it in, in this safe bubble. But in order to do so, they had to give up one of their kids every generation and the, to the witches. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, they, and they show, like, the kids start dying and, and, and every, every generation, one of the families, like the, the, the Andrews family and the Jughead family, all lose a kid. And it was really messed up. <laughs> I mean, they're really delving into some creepy stuff in this book. And, uh, but it's a sort of meta way of saying, you know, the, the witches protected Riverdale from anything bad ever happening by being offered these sacrifices every generation. And now that now it's over with, so the zombie outbreak has happened. I so, followed almost none of what you just said. That's okay. But, but are you still enjoying it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I are am. you enjoying it? Like enjoying it, or or it's look, actually a, or it's, look at this good, shit. No, both. It's a good story, but I'm also constantly amazed that they're doing this to their characters. Right. Um, but it's actually a good, interesting story that's going on. Like I, I didn't continue reading the Sabrina book, which was not in this story about a different if you recall we talked about it it's a, a horror take on Sabrina but not set in this world and I didn't find it that interesting so I stopped reading that well, you're uh, not, a, but, not a huge Sabrina the Teenage Witch no but I did but you know I would have I would have read it probably if it had been inter- as interesting as this book has been this book has been very interesting All right. so um, and good but uh, it's it just gets every issue they, they just find a way to make it more weird which I think is good why not? Also, Archie proposes to Betty, but he can't, she can't say yes because she's not 18 yet. Ugh. How old <laughs> well, is he? He's probably the same age. Well, they must not live anyway. <laughs> well, all societal rules have gone out the window now that zombies have come out. I feel like she can say yes. Yeah. I mean, is, is there even like a, a, a law system that, that you can... You know, I can say this. When, when Archie makes the proposal, Veronica makes a face like she's drawn by Isad Ribic. Oh! <laughs> <gasps> I just made um, that face now. Next issue, Reggie. And since Reggie's such a huge asshole, I can only imagine that's going to be really fucked up. Cool. So I'll give you the update in 2016. Well, all right then. So now contradict yourself with the Hulk. So uh, a uh, guy I know, friend of mine, Aubrey Sitterson, uh, wrote the backup story in Hulk number 16. And so I thought I would read it because I'm a good guy. Um, and as a result, I read the first part of the story, which is written by Jerry Duggan, who I like uh, quite a bit, uh, drawn by Mark Bagley, by the way, mm-hmm. um, who I'm not as huge a fan of anymore, but you got to respect the guy. Um, and so I'm thrown into this Hulk story that has been going on, and, and uh, it's like every Avenger in the world is standing in front of the Hulk who has like this goatee and mustache and mohawk, uh, and he's super smart now because he got... He'd apparently been infected with the, um, what's the Tony Stark virus? Extremis. Yes. And so now he's, he's super intelligent. Basically, it took away, the Extremis took away all the anger issues of the Hulk, and it just left like this super intelligent being. But he is the Hulk, but he's got, he's just one of those other Hulk things. Now, we were just talking about different versions of characters. The thing of the Hulk is, there's a big history of this, uh, thanks right. to Peter David, where there's sort of lots of different aspects of the Hulk that come out. Um, right. 
and he and they're all out there to kick his ass and then he just basically pulls She-Hulk into the building and they have a nice conversation and he explains where things are at and she's she's like okay I'm on your side and it was totally a talky issue uh, I really enjoyed it I, it was just like one of those things like I switched the channel and be like I haven't watched this in a while mm-hmm. and, uh, and and I like that I don't know if it's a thing that I would keep reading forever um, but well, like so this, why did you like this more than that, but not Secret Wars well, it was much less complicated. It was literally two people talking in a room the whole time. And I do have, like, a, you know, I know these I know She-Hulk well enough. I know, like, the fact that it is the Hulk, and you just sort of, like, what's happened to you in this time? And there's this big Hulk family, and I used to hate the Hulk. And so that I can go in now and read a little bit of it. Um, the backup story is just sort of a, a, a fun little story where these two dudes uh, go, and they're trying to find, is it Lyra? Yeah, Lyra. She's one of the... She's the Lady Hulk with the red hair. I don't remember what her backstory was. But that all came out of all that Red Hulk stuff. Mm-hmm. And they, they go to rescue her, and they find out that she's basically conquered this world and become its ruler. And then they, they take her back, and she's mad about that. So she makes them into manservants. It's, it's just a, it's a little cute backup story. Um, but it was fun. It was like a nice nice diversion. I think I'm probably going to read the next one. You know, this is, this is Jerry Duggan... Who you know, along with Brian Postain, but I think I suspect he's doing much of the heavy lifting. Has had me reading Deadpool for a couple of years now, right. so I shouldn't be surprised that it's a thing that I that I like. I just I just like the way that he writes. A quick uh, word about Amazon. com slash Amazon is where you can go to help the show out. You can find a link to Amazon there. And when you click that link, you go to Amazon proper. And when any purchase that you make, help we help you help the show out. A little bit of money comes our way. And we always appreciate everybody who does that, who makes that their link. So you don't have to go to ifanweather.com slash Amazon. Just go to Amazon directly. And also, people go to ifanweather.com slash registration where they become ifanweather members for 3 bucks a month to 30 bucks a year. That's where you can help the show out directly. And you can also make a donation there of any amount you'd like. That's how we can pay for the bills, server bills, keep the website, all the old content from years and years and years stays alive because of the people who do both those things. And we appreciate both, at, all those at, people that do at that. At the beginning, when we say it's brought to you by viewers, like that's really true. Like it, It's not even like that's, that's literally true. So, right. Yeah, yeah. Also, Josh's oil family money. <laughs> cooking oil. Recycled cooking <laughs> oil. That's what we... Recycled cook- that, that's big money in that, actually. Yeah. It smells like, so, it smells like fried clams. So one thing that's happening with Secret Wars is that a lot of books that we are reading are ending because of because of Secret Wars. So like uh, Black Widow and Silver Surfer and uh, The Punisher. Mm-hmm. So this was the final issue of The Punisher, I believe. It felt like it. It felt like an epilogue. Yeah, we thought the last issue was, but this one, I looked up, I, I did some research afterwards. I believe this is the final issue of The Punisher. I fanboy. We do research afterwards. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Uh, so in this issue, he sort of returns to his roots. He, you know, he he tried to take on the government and the military, and he decided that was just too hard. So he went back to L.A. to get back to what he used to do, which was just scale criminals so, and sit in traffic on the four hundred five. So let's, and who doesn't who doesn't want to kill people then? <laughs> um, so here's the thing: like he, there's a scene where you're watching him. He stops the car. He gets out. He holds the bad guy with a gun to his head. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, so is he going to do I mean, he has to do it, right? He did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she shot him in the head in front of everybody. And I was like, I guess with the Punisher, that's the choice that you are forced to make. It's still weird, though. Yeah, and the ending of the book was really weird, in which his, old, his cop friend, who was briefly inspired by him during the gang wars, uh, decides he's, not, he's actually not good because he ended up killing some dirty cops and uh, stabs him in the... 
in the ribs and then kills his dog, which just seems mean. Yeah, and, uh, it was. And then, and then that's how the issue ended. He sort of staggers out into the streets all bloody as the sun rises, I guess. And uh, uh, I guess that was the end. But it was, it was just, guess, it was weird. That was the, it was a little, it was a little odd. I mean, I think that we said this in the beginning of it, like it's a totally different Punisher than the one that we had just read that Greg Rocket had done. Right. It's a totally different take. So to me, the fact that it ended, like, I'm like, that was a good length. That was fine. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of, I don't mind that the way that Marvel's done now. Like, let the story go for a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then kill it and move on and do a different thing. That's, that's fine. I don't want stuff to go on for years. I'm going to have a lot fewer books to Marvel if there's nothing to replace them with, the, with this new regime, which oh I'm totally God. fine. Well, they've got like five writers who I know and then a bunch of guys I've never heard of and I don't know how that's possible. Now, also ending Rocket Raccoon. This was the final issue of Rocket Raccoon, which is interesting it? because, yeah. Guess, yeah. It was, um, that seemed to sneak it, up on me. I don't know why that... Yeah, oh, 11... It, okay. Yeah. yeah, Groot's coming next month. Groot, uh, this is issue 11. This one is not... I was a bit more surprised by this because... I thought uh, Rocket Raccoon have a bit more traction in the market. I thought combination with Scotty Young would 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 help. And I, he's not at all in the continuity of the world. He's in space the entire time. He never runs into anybody else but Groot, basically. So uh, anyway, this is the final issue in which the whole time he's been looking for information on who he is, what his race is, how he came to be, and he finally finds this book. That will tell him, and he gets the key from another raccoon, and uh, decides he doesn't want to read it. And that's how the book. That's how. That's how. Or he does read it. Uh, oh no, he did read he did, it. Did and then he, he read was it. Like, and, he said, and then he was like, "I don't want to think about it. I don't want to know. But you read it if you want. I'm not. I'm going to forget. I read it, and and off to more space adventures. Right. I'm guessing with a book like this, like the sales at the very beginning were huge. Like Three hundred thousand copies, something like that. They probably it was, in, had, it was in the loot crate thing. That's why they probably had you know uh, variant covers and blah blah. And Scotty variant covers, you know, that's right. a speculator item, and you know people went and bought the first one, but you know the, they're largely movie fans. It was really well done, mm-hmm. but but yeah, the market is what the market is. Yeah, so it was it was it was a fun eleven issue run. If you like Rocket Raccoon, did it say who who's doing Groot? Who's on the next bit? Do we know? Oh, I don't know. I already just deleted it from my app, so I can't okay. look. But uh, it was a fun run on it. it and was. I thought I wasn't expecting to read more than a couple of issues, but I stuck, stuck through all 11 and uh, really enjoyed it. I also think, I mean, I think Scotty Young did a wonderful job right? Yeah, he's a really, really strong writer. Yeah, and he, he got the voice and tone of this down perfect. Never wavered, never let it drop. I was super impressed on that. A lot, mm-hmm. of, uh, a lot of writers, or a lot of guys who are known as artists come in as writers, and they... They don't necessarily hack it just as well, but it was great. Did a great yep. job. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, several series ended at Vertigo. This ending. This oh, is all... wow! This is the, the the book's ending segment. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Wolf Moon number six and the names number num, number nine. The, bo- the last issues of those both came out from Vertigo. Apparently, this week was also the last issue of Hinterkind. Oh wow! So, which is the like the three books that came out this week? They all ended. Um, so I guess that leaves American Vampire. <laughs> and is there? I, is there, I assume there's still fables books. I guess there has. I to guess be. I the purge know. happened this week. Uh, 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 Astro City is technically Vertigo. So yes, that would be that. But uh, ooh, it's ugly times. Um, <laughs> Wolf Moon. I actually read all of it. I did not yeah, expect did. to. Um, yeah. Just a, just a little werewolf story with a with the bit of a twist on it. Um, sort of a like a biological as opposed to a supernatural twist on it, and and then a big psychological component because everybody. 
the wolf sort of moves around from person to person. They And after they are the wolf, they remember everything that happened and it wrecks them. So it's sort of the story of all the people who had be, you know, been the wolf and, and how they're dealing with it afterwards to a certain extent while they try to hunt it, but they're not really sure why. Right. Uh, and no one can beat the wolf, basically. <laughs> the wolf is very good. Uh, you don't na- beat the wolf, Josh. The wolf names, beats you. The names number nine um, was the, the miniseries by Pete Milligan. Um and Leandro Fernandez and and like Milligan basically the beginning of it so like this is the series I've been waiting to do forever and yeah good for him <laughs> what was this one again I, what was it about a, there's like a shadowy organization called the names and they control everything and they, the beginning of it is a dude is killed and his like super hot second wife like goes out to find uh, and 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 his like genius autistic son go out to find you know who is responsible and they find this organization and it ended weird like it wasn't it wasn't a terribly satisfying ending i, I was kind of holding out hope that by the end i'd be like oh that was all right really pulled out of that dive but he landed it that's the best i can say like you mm. know it landed and you know milligan's old school uh veteran good writer so uh it was okay. It was it was pretty good. It wasn't great. This is your uh, vertigo report. It's getting sad, Josh. It, you, you're telling me, buddy. <laughs> you're telling me. Uh, also wanted to follow up because uh, Inhuman number 14, I think, was the pick of the week last week. Uh, this mm-hmm. week, Inhuman annual number one came out. This is literally just the next chapter. Uh, this one is drawn by Ryan Stegman. Um, mm-hmm. And it just sort of picks up where the other one left off. So for some reason, if you listened to last week and you picked it up or you have been and you missed it or you whatever like like make sure you check out uh inhuman number one uh we get a a much better view of what's going on with um lineage and 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 all that stuff is there a reason why this continued into an annual and not just the next issue i don't think so uh maybe they're gonna go into the next i don't know i don't feel like the series is ending the annual is a tradition that must die the annual is a tradition that has died just not in name well that's what i mean it must go away now Goodbye. Yeah, but it's that same thing where they can stick a number one on it and feel like maybe they'll they'll goose the sales. It, it had a point back when it. That's where you found the we, the big event story. Yeah, because this but, is actually literally the the, the title page uh, is part fifteen legacy. It's literally just the next issue. Lame. Um, yeah, I, yeah. It should just be Inhuman number fifteen. But it was a. Big I mean, I don't really care. I just think it just has no more, no more point now. I really like the character who's just the big gate for a head guy. He sounded fun. <laughs> he doesn't talk. But but he but now because his gate is on his head, he picks people up and he throws them into his face. <laughs> okay. and, and they pop out where he wants them to. Is he super strong? He's giant. Oh. Like he's he's giant. And then hmm. there's a there's a little rock baby. This is not his balls. Actually, the last page says there is only secret wars, so maybe I guess this is the end of this as it exists now. But I think they'll be able to continue it. Yeah, a lot of books are, are yeah. wrapping up for secret wars, so maybe this is maybe this one's also ending. So and we've had one, two, three, four, uh, four books in a row. Both comic book companies have been like five yeah, out the window. Five books in a row. <laughs> it's the purge. It's like spring cleaning. So those are the books we're going to talk about. GodFamily.com. That's where you can find a post for this show. You can talk about whatever you read this week with these, these books, other books, books you read that are ending also that we don't know about. You can tell us at iFamily.com. Sure. So let's do a bunch of emails since we have time. Some long ones. But one thing I like about uh, these emails this week, Josh, is that much like when DC rebooted. Do you remember when DC rebooted and we got all those like really panicked emails? Mm-hmm. 
We we got some of those from Marvel this week. I'm oh, always really? I always enjoy the panicked sit back uh, emails. <laughs> Not necessarily the first one we're reading, but but they're coming. So okay. Cleon Cleon writes and says, "I've been noticing for the past year or so that comic book podcasters, writers, critics have been meeting events with more and more disdain as the months go by. Yet DC and Marvel, especially, seem to be pumping them out faster at, at a faster and faster rate." With so many of the acclaimed series these days being things like self-contained image books or the relatively standalone superhero titles like Hawkeye, Daredevil, Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, do you think that we will look forward to the big two? Uh, do you think as we look forward, the big two should abandon these events and crossovers and focus more on creating unique independent stories? Or will there always be a strong market for event and blockbusters despite how much we complain about them? If I may present an analogy to you mm-hmm. to begin. I have one as well. You may have heard about something called the craft beer movement okay. in which – Thousands of people all across the country have discovered these small microbreweries where they have delicious small is, batch beers that have notes of, of elderberry and beef and leather and tannins. and oh, that's not, not the analogy I thought you were going with. Yeah, see. right? But Budweiser still sells a shitload of beer. And, uh, it, it, and more, more than anyone combined. Exactly. So, you know, the people... My, my analogy is... Okay. Uh, you know, you watch the Oscars or you you critics best, best list. That was a theater. that was a little entertainment related. I wanted to even take it further outside the scope, but I'm with you. You find that book, you know, movies like Birdman and Theory of Everything and uh, uh, Imitation Game, but movies like that on the, in the last year's list. But then Transformers: Dark Dark of the Moon made over a billion dollars at the box office. So that is why the, the Marvel and DC will continue to make event blockbusters because there's a. Critics and pundits and reviewers and podcasters and whoever we are, Jamokes, you know, <laughs> I may, not, that. may not necessarily well, like what the mass market likes. Those people that you're talking about, the, the we'll call them Jamokes for now. The Jamokes are, are hyper enthusiasts. <laughs> in, that, in that we've decided to get into this. And I would like to think that when you are a hyper enthusiast and you are forced to examine and discuss and think about these things over and over, you come to appreciate things and notice them differently. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody asked me on Twitter if we enjoy things less because of, because of us having to do this. And I think my answer is different than everybody else's, but my answer is no, I just enjoy some things less, but I enjoy other things much more. So, you know, you have to take... This is different. Different it, it is. You, but what I'm saying is, like, you have to, like, like the people who are talking about this stuff, this is all they, they talk about. And chances are they're not going to approach it with, this, with the same thing as somebody who isn't totally ensconced in it. And that's not good or bad, but, you know, you know, film critic probably knows a lot more about film than most people. And so you have At to At the wonder. end of the day, most people can consume media just want to have fun. Yes. So the, I, the person who goes to the movies or watches TV or reads the comic... The majority just want an escapist uh, scenario for however long they're doing it. And that's something totally that's, fine. And something that's, that's totally fun fine. and kind of familiar yeah. and doesn't, you know, like, like it's this thing when I was younger, when I was a younger reader, and you would you would hear somebody, either a pro or somebody who knew a lot about comics, mention uh, some artist from the past, and they'd be like, this guy's a genius. And I'd look at it and go, I don't get it. I don't see it. You know, but but eventually you do see you were, you were not ensconced enough. Yeah, uh, you were a junior Jamoke. You were not a full Jamoke. <laughs> you were pre Jamoke. Pre Jamoke. The pre Jamoke era. I gotta tell oh. you, uh, I could go for a Jamoke right now. <laughs> <laughs> nice Jamoke Chino. <laughs> yeah, 
Obviously. So, um, uh, <laughs> and that isn't to say, you know, we're bigger than Jesus, we're better than Jesus. <laughs> the funny, I mean, the thing is, we're saying all this on the show where the pick of the week was Secret Wars number one. So take, yeah. It, all, yeah. take it all uh, as it comes. Well, I mean, I think that as long as you have the context for what makes things good and what other people like and, and you know, what, you know, there's quality in, in all things, or there can be. So the, and the thing is, if you take those books that Cleon mentioned, the sales of those books combined are not going to reach the sales of no. Secret Wars number one. That's why. Nope. That's why event blockbusters. Happen. That's why Marvel doubled down because they sold two hundred fifty thousand copies of Civil War number one. Mm-hmm. So they went, we're riding this train till it dies, and we're gonna keep it going even anyway. And they're and gonna they do, do it again because they'll make money from it, and that's what they're supposed to be doing. And and if if they manage to squeeze in some good stories and some good, you know, they have. I'll tell you one thing now that I, we we cannot deny is that they because they have the ability to back up the money truck when they do these events, they have the best people on them. Mm-hmm. They have the best artists that we have available in comics right now. They have the you know the best writers who can make that into something interesting. And I don't think you can look at Secret Wars and be like, oh, he totally j- Michael bade that up. He didn't. No. He doesn't. That's not who that guy is. You know. So you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be one good, bad, or the other thing. But they're not going anywhere. Yeah. All right. Edward G writes and says, Yeah. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. See. Oh God! If you if you understand that reference, email us at contact at family. I don't see this convergent nonsense going on at DC having any emotional reverberation at all. Their entire approach to storytelling has become so meta they forgot about core character being the way in in the first place. Marvel Secret Wars number one reads to me like Marvel the End, a compliment right there because all stories in the end line of stories were really engaging stories. The real impact for me though is that I'm taking all of this literally. Having started reading Marvel in 1969, with Avengers 68, I believe, Even an Android Can Cry by Roy Thomas and John Bushima, I'm wondering if, after Hickman's Secret Wars is over, what the hell's a battle world? Maybe I will have lost the narrative thread and I'm done reading Marvel comic books. Maybe I'm not the demo or even the psychographic desired. And in the ongoing game of cultural crack, the whip, I'm about to be let go. Question, since the premise of issue one of Secret Wars seems to be that some things refuse to be killed an idea or something like that, then should I just suck it up and keep the idea alive and continue reading whatever Marvel Afterlife universe is uh, they are cooking up? I know the answer, but do you, do you have any insight into what the hell is going on and get off my lawn, you damn kids? Seriously, please discuss. Ah. So this is where you get the longtime readers who are feeling very scared about – because Marvel's never gone through this, right? So Marvel zombies or I don't, fans or whatever you want to call them are never gone through the emotional – ringer of the reboot if this is a reboot who knows what this is but so this is where you start getting the anxiety level creeping in i know people personally who are free of feeling this and uh, it's interesting every what do you time think, you Jeff? say i know people personally i just like he's talking about romo <laughs> no 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 not even not, not even that actually but um, uh I, I i i mean dude said he's been reading comics since 1969 what makes you like what else in the world are you still watching for that long or reading, or that's 46 years. Mm-hmm. What else doesn't change its intended audience? It's weird that you're still... And I'm not saying that's bad. I'm still doing it, not as long, but half that time. Which is a really long time. You know, like, Saturday Night Live hasn't been on that long, but even that cast and its audience shifts and changes, you know, generationally. Mm-hmm. So... I think maybe it's unrealistic to think that this won't change, although you've had a hell of a run. And also, I don't think it's really changing. It's, it's the same. It's just a different flavor of it. What do you think? I mean, things are going to change a little bit. 
but it's not like they're going to be all anthropomorphic animals and, you know, when this all is said and done. There's still going to be these characters. And they're still going to be fighting the the good fight against evil, and that's still what's going to happen. I mean, it's it is what happens at DC, right? The story just continues in a diff- slightly different way, and but also not really, like not really mean? that different. Like it's right, you know, slightly, slightly yeah. different. Like it's and, it's the illusion of change still. Right, and things will things will change. I mean, the Fantastic Four book won't be there for at least for now, and the X Men are going to do what they're going to do on their own little place, and that's going to be slightly different. But for the most part, it's going to be the same, and and it's still the same story. This is just a really bad thing that's happening. It's like someone getting a divorce. You know, like their their the, their life is different, but it's still their life. All right, here's another thing: Secret Wars is a 31-year-old concept. This already happened. Yeah, kind of. They didn't, nothing changed after Secret Wars. I know, but who's to say, you know, that's, 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 that's comics. Like, literally, the, you know, the promise of comics is everything changes, nothing's changing. Mm-hmm. That's what comics is, and as long as you have that perspective, I'm sorry, not comics, Marvel and DC superhero comics. Well, let me let me sneak another email in here that I have now on the script okay. that I meant to put, wow. that I meant to, that I meant to this, put in the script. This has never happened. <laughs> I meant to put this in the script, but I forgot because I had. We, we, first of all, thank everyone. We had great emails this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had way too many to choose from. So, uh, Peter writes and says, uh, "When you did your top five books a couple weeks back, almost all the books were generally new series. I think one of them uh, was past the twenty issue mark, and almost all of them were non superhero books." Well, there's probably a lot to be said about why image versus whoever. I've wondered, do you think that this may that maybe do you think what maybe hurts superhero books is the fact that because of continued continuity, no one ever really dies. At the end of the day, reveals and all, it's generally always the hero who wins, the villain's defeated, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. With image books, you never really know what will happen. And even in comics when someone goes belly up, it's known uh, that it's coming, death of Wolverine, uh, and there are rarely big surprises. Does this at the end of the day, does this hurt the big two? And I think this is this is somewhat related to to Edward's email in that what Peter is describing is basically the existential crisis that every comic fan eventually goes through. If, as if you're reading Marvel and DC for longer than a few years, then you're then you're going to eventually run up against this question, right? Yeah, it's yeah. it's the these things never really change. So can I enjoy that or or not? Or will I continue to read them and just complain that they never really change, but continue to read them? Or stop reading them. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's really the, the thing everyone runs into at some point. Yeah. Unless you change the conversation. Uh, in that change the game? You changing the game? Change the game. Robert Kirkman changed the game. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, mean, I think you can clearly look at a person like me. Um, I still read a lot of these, both because I like the artists and I, you know, I, I, I want to know what's going on and I, I'm doing this show and everything. But it's definitely changed for me in, in, in terms of you can absolutely tickle my nostalgic funny bone with some of these, uh, but like I, we, I know that once you know the game, once you, you sort of get the overview that oh, this is what happens over and over again, and I don't think it's that the good guys always win because that's just you know that's fiction. That's fiction. That's the hero's journey archetype story. That's that's what they're doing over and over again. Um, it's just yeah. I mean, eventually, like okay, so how long am I going to ride this Ferris wheel? Well, they they put the philosophy in the tagline of the, of the first superhero, mm-hmm. quote unquote. First, it's a never-ending battle against truth, justice for truth, justice in the American way. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a never-ending battle. It's right there in the in the tagline. Mm-hmm. So you have to decide 
as a reader if you if that's a something you you're down with because it's never going to end in Marvel and DC Comics. There's never going to be a third act, really. There's going to be an illusion of it, but never really be one. Yeah. So is that cool? Are you cool with that? I'm cool with it. I I made my piece of it long ago. I like just reading the story. I like these characters. I like seeing how they're going to defeat evil this week, and that's how they. That's what it is. It's it's a variation on a theme every week, and. Uh, I may eventually get tired of it. It's certainly possible, but for now I'm not. But you have to decide that. And if you are tired of it, then you should stop reading them. And I'm not saying that as a, you know, elitist or exclusionary. It's just if 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 these things don't interest you, if the never-ending battle does not interest you, then it's probably better to stop reading them than to complain every week and or try to change comics into something that they're not. At least Marvel and DC comics. Marvel and DC comics are never going to be what what image comics are or other comics are. They're not. That they're not built that way. That's yeah, I yeah. Or, or you know, or just find another way to. I mean, for me, like it's about finding a different appreciation for it, finding another way to to approach it, and that that for me is 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 craft. Like I can be entertained by the stories a little bit, but for the most part, there hasn't been too many superhero stories, and there have been. It's just they're a little more rare that are ultra compelling in the story department long term. I suppose. Mm-hmm. Like it's you, I, you wait for moments, you wait for things that that give it back to you, but at the same time. Looking at the at the finest craftsmen that the world has ever produced mm-hmm. in this in this art form, which I absolutely believe. I think that I think that you know comic book art, both in function, like you know in the structure and storytelling of it, and the art and the way that the art's done, it's never been better. Right. You know? uh, uh, on a whole, there have been obviously geniuses. You know, I'm not saying Jack Kirby's been surpassed, but there were never that many guys working at the same time and so much variety. Um, so that is super fun, and yeah, I like Captain America. You know, like there's there's nothing wrong with that too. Right. Um, the thing is, the thing I think if you go back to our top five, I think a lot of it isn't is not for me anyway. I'm not going to speak for Josh. There's nothing to do with the idea that I'm bored with the, the stories. It's that I don't think that most of DC books are very good. I think I they don't agree. have a lot of they don't have a lot of talent on the like a lot of top talent on the books, and I, I don't like the direction a lot of them are going, and Marvel. Has is running in a direction I don't like either. I don't I don't like recreating the the Marvel Cinematic Universe in the comics. I like the Marvel Cinematic Universe where it is, and I like the comics where they are, and I like them to be different. And getting rid of most of my favorite characters and replacing them with other characters is doesn't make me excited. So I don't feel good about either one right now for different reasons. But that's that's why most of the top five books are image books because of that. Not yeah. because I don't like superhero stories in which the hero always wins and I, no one ever dies. Connor definitely still likes superhero stories. I love them. That's not a that's not a thing that's going away. Um, I also I don't think that I don't think DC is working with the the same breadth of talent that Marvel is. Right. And I don't think either of them are working with the with the diversity of talent that Image is. Right, but we also don't we don't like the the, the movie creep into the Marvel universe. We don't like the costumes. We don't like the yeah. characterizations. We don't like any of that. Well, I mean, that's what yeah, that's what I said about Secret Wars. I was like, this right. is all sort of familiar, but also not. And that's less. It's less interesting. I don't know. Like, if you were to, if you would be like, we're gonna place the Captain America story in 1985, I'd be like, let's do it. Like that would that would be what I you know like all of the aspects of that at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be totally fine with that. And I, I don't know if that's you know generational. It might just be I might just be getting too old for you know it changing and me not wanting to change with it, which is fine. There are, there are tons of back issues out there. They will, yeah. That's the other thing. Like you don't have to stop reading because I guarantee you, in the forty six years or whatever that other dude was talking about, you know, Edward Edward G. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, you have you could read you could read through all of those again, and you'd probably get quite a thrill. You yeah, know? I'm rereading stuff now that I re- that I have definitely read before and don't remember any of it because it's yeah. been it's been a long time. So that's great. You can do that. Um, I just recently picked up the Kurt Busiek, George Perez, Avengers Omnibus because I was so jazzed from the movie and and I've, I don't remember any of those stories really. I remember some of the highlights, but I looked through it and I was like, I don't remember anything that's going on here. This is going to be great when I get a chance to reread it. So, you know, if I stop Connor, reading comics tomorrow, he's got the powers and abilities of, of three, ten men. Men. No, three men. Three men, right. not that's ten. Right. That's too many. We're, talk, we're talking about tri- say what you will about triathlon, but he stuck with me. But what, what three men is my question? Like I three weak men? Like three of me? Three strong men. That's just like a normal dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like three men with scoliosis? <laughs> is it okay to laugh at that? I don't even know. Yeah. I was thinking of our friends specifically. Oh, okay. But like three of him is not that impressive. <laughs> yeah. You know, three Van Neels? Jeez. <laughs> he doesn't listen. You went too deep, Connor. <laughs> so, anyway. You uh, can all pick out three of your friends who, if you combine them into one quote-unquote super being, wouldn't feel so super is what we're saying. Right. I don't know how we started talking about triathlon, but it was more fun than what we were talking about before. So, Cleon... I know that much. He shall be Cleon, and he shall be a good man. Sorry. sorry. Cleon had a different question. Edward, <laughs> I I think, give it a give it a shot after the, it's all over and see. You may not like it, and therefore you could stop. And you can you can feel good about stopping, but maybe you will like it, and it's just the next chapter in a journey of these characters that you like. Peter, got to decide for yourself if if uh, you can if you can dig on the never-ending battle. If not, Find then there's joy. plenty of, plenty of books out there that aren't the never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American mm-hmm. way. That'll they're never going to end. Well, here's the question. I think a lot. It's like, do you like comic books or do you like superheroes? You can like both, but some people conflate them. Right. Find your joy. Now we got an art question, Josh. Woo-hoo! I'm gonna. I think we should do one of these. Eventually, this is gonna make me look really stupid. Well, that's that's awesome. Let's continue. <laughs> uh, Hugh Bear says, "I'm in my 30s and been reading comics for maybe a year now. Uh, that I have more steady income." You've decided he's French. Well, I'm just gonna go with Hubert. You just gonna Hubert. Hubert. I like Hubert. He's more mysterious that okay. way and sexy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in my 30s and been reading comics for maybe a year now that I have more steady income. I'm really loving a lot of the stuff that Image puts out, and I want to love stuff from the big two, but one thing I can't get over is fill-in artists. I can understand that they need to meet a deadline, and one artist can just produce fast, can't produce fast enough, but, is it rather, but it is rather jarring when I'm reading a trade and come, up, come upon fill-in artists, especially when the styles vary. Am I being too whiny? Does this bother you? Or there are several other reasons I'm not reading as much big two, but the fill-in artists might be the top. Ah, uh, comes with the territory. It is what it is. Yeah, this is a this is a fact of the game. This is like uh, you're watching you're watching sports. I mean, I'm all about analogies. I got beer analogies. I got sports analogies. You you you're becoming a man. Yeah, you totally. Go to the woods and you got tools and you're totally beer and watching sports. Um, so you're watching sports and a dude is injured or he's been he's been arrested on some sort of domestic violence charges. It you know could happen. Um, right. they got to bring another guy in there to fill out the roster. And he's not as good, but you need him to play the game. Okay, the game's got to be played. This is, it's all in the game, yo. It's all in the um, game. Changing the game. This is, I mean, that's what it is. And you just have to hope that, uh, you know, that, that it doesn't disrupt everything too much. And, and uh, you know, fill-in artists have gotten better. And I the think. thing is, the companies are damned if they do and damned if they don't. True. Because they've tried both strategies. Neither one pleased the audience, shockingly. The first strategy was... 
to let the books be late mm-hmm. and let the artists take their time doing it and people freaked out the books never come out. The second is to use fill-in artists to keep the books coming out every month like clockwork. And, you know, some co- they, they, they use a they use a combination of the two. Obviously, we just talked about Arch, Life of, Afterlife of Archie and we've t- Hawkeye still hasn't come out. Like, there's still some books that they allow them to come out whenever they, yeah, they but, want to. But they also use the, the strategy of... Um this is more of a Marvel thing of recent years, but is to is to do arcs with alternating artists to right. sort of that's keep definitely that a Marvel's thing. What DC's else? thing when they came out with New Fifty Two was these books are going to come out every month, and we're going to use a stable of gonna, artists to make sure it happens. We're going to hire these largely uninspiring people who will be on time every time. It's largely uninspiring people from South and America and Spain. Yeah. Uh, uh, so that's that's that was their their strategy, and that you know it's it is it is suck because. Y- what Hubert, with his cigarette and his scarf, is describing is, 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 is that he has, he has fill-in artist ennui. Is that, uh, <laughs> you know, years later, it's not going to matter if the books came out on time when you're reading the trade. Mm-hmm. You know, you're reading the trade, you want this experience, you want this to be contained with one artist and one writer, and you don't care that... Ten years ago, they had to fill in and get a guy because the book was going to be late. You just yeah, but they're. They, I mean, they're they're aiming their revenue targets for issues. Oh, I totally get it. So, but that's so that, that is the downside. Is like a book like Infinity Gauntlet, which is going to be a big deal <laughs> coming up because of the movies. You know, started off with George Perez, ended with Ron Lim. Now, I was a big Ron Lim fan back when the book was coming out, but I was still super bummed that George Perez didn't finish. And now. When I look at the collection, I get super bummed that he didn't do the whole thing because it but, makes it slightly less special. But that's so fine. Sometimes, though, there's fill-ins, and then there's like there's the change of artists where they're like, we couldn't keep that other guy. He had to go somewhere. It always makes me think of um, Starman, which starts off with Tony Harris, and he's right. great and is and is iconic and is is you know a thing that is perfect and unique. And then uh, Peter Snaberg takes over. Snaberg. Peter Snaberg takes over, and um, <laughs> Peter, Peter it's, IKEA it's bookcase. A, they decided to not go with somebody similar, but to go with somebody with a completely different direction. It works. That is also great. It doesn't take away from it at all. Um, but you know, if I, if I was reading The Watchmen, and all of a sudden uh, they finish the symmetry issue, and the next guy is Ron Lim, I'm like, oh. But yeah, you know. it, it makes it less special. It just does. Yeah. And there's, but there's the no win. They're in a no win situation. Mm-hmm. So they can – Marvel's, I think, got the right idea right now, which is to do arcs with a team and then do another team. But, you know, that we've said this before, there's a bunch of guys. There's, you know, Frank Quitely, David Aja. Take what I can get. Absolutely. I, and I those are the guys like, that they let, they let go. They I mean, they let go, but they let, let run. Go. With, so we're going to have to let you yeah, go. But I'm go. really good at this. I don't even work here. <laughs> Seriously, I'm freelance. <laughs> I can go anytime I want. <laughs> So, uh, so this question is, you know, is a philosophical question more than anything, but, you know, qu'est-ce uh, qu'on fait? So, thank you, uh, Hubert, or Hubert, Peter, uh, Edward G., and Cleon for writing in. <laughs> that is easily my favorite grouping of names. <laughs> Maybe ever <laughs> in aggregate. But great emails, and we got tons more we couldn't even get to, so we'll be... Uh, <laughs> Reading those over the next couple of shows. You have a T-shirt. It's just like Edward G. <laughs> Peter and, and Cleon. If we were still making T-shirts, I would. That's, a, that's a very low market possibility. We yeah. sold. Looks like we sold four of them. <laughs> so. We read the names here. Yeah, it's those guys. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> Email us a contact at ifanboy.com and tell us where you're from, you sons of bitches. When you, when you, you know what? Or let us make it up, which seems to be we more will, fun. We will make it up if we don't. And then don't get mad when we use the wrong accent for you if you don't tell us where you're from. Yeah. Uh, email us a contact at ifanboy.com or call our voice more line at 888fanboys who do 62697. And uh, we, we did an uh, Avengers Age of Ultron podcast, as Josh mentioned last week, with our old buddy and co host and co founder, Ron Richards. And we uh, had a lot of fun doing it, Dis- despite the disparate opinions in the film. I thought the show was really fun to listen to. It was or, fun to record. So uh, you can go back on the feed and listen to that if you've seen the movie. A lot of people uh, seeing it for the first time late or seeing it again, haven't listened to the show yet, go ahead and listen to that. I I highly recommend it. I like uh, people in the middle of this week were like, oh, I'm finally getting to go see Avengers. Like, we're used to things way too fast. It's been <laughs> out a half of a week. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, can you believe I waited till Monday? It came out Friday. It's not. Oh, we're doomed. Head over to <laughs> ifanboy.com, comment on this show, talk about this week's books, find all of our other podcasts, like the Avengers podcast. It's all there at ifanboy.com. You can follow all the action at facebook.com slash ifanboy and at ifanboy on Twitter. That's where you can find out what the pick of the week is before the show. And you can follow us individually at J.A. Flanagan and at C.S. Kilpatrick. If you like the show, do not like the show. Whatever. What does it matter to us? Uh, however, you can write a review in iTunes or maybe tell somebody I would maybe go in a hot air balloon <laughs> up in the air and drop the leaf slits. Um, yeah, so you can, uh, if you want to spread the word, that's always helpful across your social media or uh, if you talk to people in real life. I know no one's, no one's calling anyone, but you know it's fine do that that's helpful what is this thing that rings on my desk oh it's the thing that i oh, why are you calling <laughs> it's the worst thing that ever happened to me <laughs> so, until next week i'm connor and josh je suis. is there one tear rolling down your cheek i'm, I'm too i'm i'm just i don't care <laughs> Just too disaffected. Yep, disaffected was totally the word I couldn't think of. 